Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a Talk Sport podcast. Wow, what a deadline day. For the last few years, I suppose you sort of waited for those massive deals to get over the line, haven't you? And let's be frank, ever since the Torres arriving at Chelsea at midnight and Andy Carroll taking his place at Liverpool for 35 million quid, um, it's always been a bit of a disappointment. But for once, it was an absolute belter. Yeah, I would agree that uh, firstly, it's nice watching a transfer deadline day end at 5pm and not 11pm. Uh, it has been very, very nice <laughs> that we can do this recording in the daylight. Um, you say some really exciting transfers, exciting moments. There's a few that I'd like to pick out a- across the next 10 minutes or so. So pleased for Andy Carroll. Uh, I have given him, and many West Ham fans have given him a lot of stick over the years, but I'm really pleased to see him back at Newcastle. I think it's a bit fortuitous. He's got a contract considering the way he played after coming back from his latest injury last season. But I really want him to do well. I feel that that Andy Carroll has had a lot of bad luck during his career and, and Steve Bruce going back to Newcastle at this time, it might just work out nicely for them to get 20 games, backing up Joel Linton as well, which which could work well for him. And also another little move that's well worth talking about, Danny Drinkwater. I thought, I know you're, you're close to what happens at Chelsea, Sam, I, I thought that maybe he'd go for Winston Bogard and he would just sit there and take the money and retire in a couple of years and we'd never see Fly him again. So I'm pleased to see him Friday on a Friday and a Monday and take the money, yeah? Yeah, just take that sweet cash and open his own restaurant. He's got his own restaurant in Manchester, which isn't called Drink Water, Eat Food, which is very annoying to me. Uh, but I'm pleased because he was such a good player. You forget how good he once was and, and I'm pleased he's, he's playing somewhere. Okay, um, I think really interesting is that Newcastle thing that you mentioned with Andy Carroll. The fact that he's on almost like a pay-as-you-play deal, but very low basic salary, lots of incentives to play lots of games and score goals. I think that's really important for Newcastle. I think around about 14, 15, maybe 16 deals went through in the Premier League on deadline day. I think Newcastle fans should be pretty happy with the homecoming of Andy Carroll. But not just that, with Emil Craft as well, because he's a good right back, a proper right back. Um, 
they they needed a left back actually, but they got a right back. But he's a right back that went to the World Cup with Sweden, experienced uh, the delights of Serie A. He's played for Bologna. He'll probably have to play right wing back to be fair. But it's not the worst window in the world mm. for Newcastle, despite the fact they lost Rafa Benitez. It was never going to be okay once he departed. But ultimately, it's not as bad as it could have been. Tottenham and and, and David Luiz are going to get the headlines, aren't they? Because they're the big name, big money signings. But Arsenal got a great deal. Not for David Luiz, but for Kieran Tierney. An no. absolute snip at £25 million. Watford have snapped up the Senegal winner Ismaili Saar for a club record fee, 25 million quid. Danny Welbeck, who was a free transfer, that's got to be regarded as a very good deal. I can only applaud their business, actually, because I was a bit underwhelmed by it when we were talking in the previous podcast. Um, I think the biggest losers, Crystal Palace, yeah. Wilfred Zaha, both of them, really. I mean, what what do you do with him now if you are Roy Hodgson? They haven't replaced Wan-Bissaka. There's no replacement for, for Batshuayi. This squad is much weaker than it was at the end of last campaign. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Crystal Palace are a club that, that we've been concerned about building up to this season. They're a club in the preview show, which, of course, came out on Thursday for the first time this season. Um, we discussed that they might have a few issues, but I thought they were making some shrewd acquisitions. I think Gary Cahill was fairly shrewd uh, for a team that are going to struggle down the bottom. He'll come in, hopefully get 2025 20, games, cover for the perennially injured Sacco and Tompkins. But I just felt like across this window... I thought they would keep Zahar because nobody was going to meet that valuation. They can probably keep him happy happy and, and fluff him up for another year before hopefully, for Zahar's sake, getting him a move. But it had to be a centre-forward. It had to be a centre-forward for Palace. And I was reading earlier today, they were trying to get Jean-Kevin Augustin from uh, from Germany playing at RB Leipzig. Uh, such a good footballer, mm-hmm. the right sort of player. And they're going to go into this weekend and they're going to need to say, hey, Mr. Benteke, do you remember 2012? Can you do that again for us? And they could have done worse actually than offer Andy Carroll that yeah. pay as you play deal, couldn't they? I, I mean, think it absolutely w- right. That's a, a bad great idea. Shout. Great shout. Okay, let's list what happened yesterday as we look back on the big deals from transfer deadline day. Romelu Lukaku left Manchester United for Inter Milan in a deal worth 74 million quid. Uh, United didn't replace him, which would be great news if you're Mason Greenwood and his place in the first-team squad because that now looks very much up for grabs. West Ham United's summer of spending came to an end early on transfer deadline day. Striker Albion Ajeti was signed from FC Basel for £8 million. He scored 15 goals last year in the Swiss League and went on to be in the Nations League squad with Switzerland. Decent player. He's got to replace the goals off the bench of Lucas Perez, who, despite being much maligned and much disliked, did score some crucial goals for West Ham thinking about that game against Cardiff around the turn of the year where he came on and turned the game scoring a couple of goals so it's a big task for Ajeti he's going to need to play Everybody who's not a West Ham fan is scratching their head thinking, Lucas Perez scored goals? Uh, right back Emil Kraft and Andy Carroll join Newcastle on deadline day. Carroll's going to wear the number seven shirt. Oh, number seven for Andy Carroll. Who is it? Joe Linton nine? I'm surprised he couldn't Joe go Linton's in there. Nine, and, yeah, definitely. I'm surprised he couldn't go in there and kind of swaggering Andy Carroll. He doesn't have that kind of muscle anymore. No, probably not. Uh, Probably couldn't get in the door without help, I imagine, at the moment, Andy Carroll. Uh, Here's one for you. I'm sure everyone, if you didn't know Lucas Perez, you might not know this. Romaric Yappi, right back, has come in to Brighton, as well as Aaron Moy, who has gone Mm. on loan to Brighton for a year. Signed a new contract with Huddersfield to kind of protect Huddersfield Town. They've obviously got a very good relationship, he and his 
sort of parent club at the moment. Don't want to call him former club as yet, but I doubt he'll ever play for them again. Uh, he's gone to Brighton, as I say. Aaron Moy up from the Championship. Uh, and Dennis Pratt, I'm reliably informed that's how you say it, not Prayet. Pratt was a late signing for Leicester City. Uh, midfielder comes in from Sampdoria. Uh, Watford signed Ismaili Saar, the Rennes winger, for around 25 million quid. And when you add Danny Welbeck uh, to their business over the last 24 hours, I think that's a cracking signing for them. Uh, they look a lot better equipped for life in the Premier League this season. I saw in the newspaper Carson City and assumed Conair must be in, on TV because that, of course, is the airport <laughs> that uh, John Malkovich and, and Nicolas Cage take the airplane to, unbeknownst. Uh, to the authorities. But no, Carson City is this story. Scott Carson, uh, the former Premier League goalkeeper, played at Derby the last couple of years, the wonderfully gap-toothed and agile goalkeeper, has gone to Manchester City uh, to plug the quota gap. We're sure that's the reason, but one I think many of us didn't see coming. Um, Drinkwater has gone to Burnley. Danny Drinkwater is based up in the northwest, as Tom's already mentioned, uh, but he has secured a season-long loan deal from Chelsea to Burnley. Timway Bakayoko has stayed at Chelsea for now, although it looks like they'll offload him to Galatasaray between now and the end of the European transfer window. It does mean that we will never see that Chelsea partnership of Drinkwater and Treadwater in midfield. <laughs> What a shame for everybody involved. Uh, Arsenal, as we know, snapped up Kieran Tierney. Big move for them. David Luiz also in at Emirates Stadium. Alex Iwobi, another to join the ranks at Everton. Around £40 million. That has cost the Toffees. Mm. I'm going to expand on that David Luiz story a little bit later on in this chat. Um, but the big winners, I think, on deadline day, Spurs. They signed Giovanni Lo Celso from Betis, wanted by West Ham and Valencia earlier in the window. And Ryan Sessignon, Danny Rose, stayed put. OK, let's talk about Giovanni Lo Celso and Ryan Sessignon because mm. Tottenham announced his arrival today. Let's start with uh, Lo Celso, £14.7 million loan fee. Uh, then they could, if they get into the Champions League, get a £55 million deal over the line for him for a permanent deal to be done. It's all to do with making sure they satisfy the financial fair play criteria. But this is a guy who scored nine goals, four assists in the Liga last season for Real Betis. It gives them that... At Extra attacking impetus, which I think they need. There's no doubt that Christian Eriksen, the, the rumours of him leaving are still going to continue over the next week or so whilst the Spanish window is open. But ultimately, they're preparing for his departure. They're preparing for the long-term departure mm. of Christian Eriksen. And getting him in now, I think it's good business for Spurs. It also gives everybody a lift, as does the signing of Ryan Sessegnon. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a player that in the Championship, when Fulham got promoted, was such a phenomenal... The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, the skills, the pace, the brilliance, the goals. Uh, many people out there may not remember this at this point, but we were all talking about him across TalkSport being in the England squad uh, for the tournament that summer. Mm. So good was he. Then I watched Fulham last season, and I'm thinking, who is this kid? Who is this guy? What are we talking about? I, I think the thing is, with, with Ryan Sessegnon in the Premier League at Fulham, it was such a terrible, terrible year for him. They were a shambles all over. But it wasn't that he was bad for Fulham, because he wasn't bad. It was more that he came to the Premier League with a big reputation and was insignificant. I can't think of a big moment. I can't think of a run of form. Didn't help that he played all across the field for for three different managers. But I think this right now is the perfect player, perfect time, perfect manager. We know Sessegnon only wanted to go to Tottenham. He only wanted to play for Maurizio Pochettino. It's a move we've talked about for a long, long time. And... You know, people will be excited about Lo Celso because he'll be able to come into the side and, and maybe play immediately. But I think when we get to maybe December, maybe January, the rotation of squads, I think Cessnion will get in this team six months of working with Pochettino's team. And I think he's going to be fantastic. A five-year deal, Tom, that's an option the key for, for me. more as well. That, that is the key for me. Maurizio Pochettino oh, working with this kid. When yeah. you look at... His career with Fulham, it's stalled because he didn't have the right coaching. Yes. If you want somebody to improve you, Maurizio Pochettino is a man, especially a young player like Cessignon. I think this is a great deal not only for Tottenham, it's a great deal for, for Fulham as well because they've bagged a lot of cash for him. It's a great deal for the player, but it's also a great deal for English football yeah. because we are going to get a well-coached Ryan Cessignon over the next two or three years. We are going to see him develop and those conversations about him being in the England squad are not going to go away. They're going to come up again after a year or so working underneath the Argentine manager. Agreed, absolutely. Top talent, the right manager. Uh, I think that could end up being maybe the deal of this window. Okay, Arsenal swoop for Tierney and David Luiz will catch the headlines and rightly so because the Tierney move is an absolutely super move. This guy is a fantastic player. He's done brilliant for Scotland. He's done brilliant for Celtic and he only cost £25 million quid. He's an attacking fullback. He's also a leader, a good talker. He's versatile. He can play left back. He can play right back. He's even played centre half at some point for Celtic and for Scotland over the course of the last few years. I've got to be honest, we were having a go at their defence in the preview pod, which is already out. Um, They've upgraded it. They've upgraded it by bringing Kieran Tierney. David Luiz, well... This is the backstory. Chelsea looked at it, decided the style of football that they're going to play. Frank wants to play a particular style of football uh, and that's how they want to train as well. They, You've always seen it with Derby, the type of football, the academy teams that Jody Morris has been involved in. It's high energy, it's quick feet, it's fast, it's pressing from the front, it's quick counter-attacks. Is he capable of doing that week in, week out? I don't think he is. Is he capable of sustaining it even if he does manage to do that? Can he train like that every day at his age? Probably not. I was a bit surprised because he signed a two-year extension to his contract in mid-summer before Frank was appointed. But it's clear that he wasn't going to be in the first 11. And as a result of that, you have to ask yourself a question. If he's not going to be in the first 11, is he going to be a good influence in and around the dressing room? I think Chelsea looked at it and decided that wasn't going to be the case. They thought he could be disrupted over time. As a result of that, they've taken the easy decision. £8 million from Arsenal, absolute no-brainer. And I think, actually, it means that Tamori gets a place in that Chelsea squad. He probably would have been the fifth centre-back if it hadn't been for this transfer. He's now been promoted to number four in that squad. 
and he'll get game time, which is also very good for him. It means it's a very young squad, an even younger squad than it already was. The average age has come down as a result of his departure. But Frank has flexed his muscles here by removing a senior player who could have ended up being a problem. Yeah, we were full of praise for Frank Lampard yesterday on the on the show, and, and for good reason. I think he'll do well. This shows again the strength and power he has within that dressing room, and the strength and power as well to go to to those above him and say, "Look, I know he signed a new contract. We broke our rules, uh, giving a player over thirty more than a one year contract to keep him, but I don't want him get rid. They got the job done. It, it's Arsenal. I question here." after a summer-long search for a central defender who is more reliable than Skodrad Mustafi. Can we say David Luiz at this point is more reliable than Skodrad Mustafi? I'm not brave enough to do that. I mean, that. Chelsea fans will be turning around saying, I'm pleased he's making mistakes in Arsenal's defence now, not in ours. Because <laughs> this is a player that if he has a really good game, you know within the first 10, 15 seconds, he's going he's gonna to play well. He comes out, he sets his stall out, and the team can play well as a result, such as his influence on the group. If you... See him make a mistake in that first minute or so. You know it's going to be a long day for your team. He's done that previously for Chelsea. So that's something that yeah. to Arsenal have got to get used to. The Just one thing I will say, though, cool. Tom, is that Unai Emery is a good coach. Yes. And the easiest place to coach is a back four and getting that system right. It's the commentators I feel sorry for because you've now got a team that's got both David Luiz and Matteo Guendouzi in it. Uh, and it's going to be like Romania in the 1998 World Cup. You're not going to know at times which one is which. It's going to be very confusing for people like me and Sam uh, doing these games. If someone in Internetlandia hasn't altered that Spider-Man meme of the two Spider-Men looking at each other and put their faces on it, then I give up on the internet because that's just incredibly fun for me. Uh, quickly touch on Alex Iwobi for me because this is a big deal. Absolutely. I, I love Iwobi. I, I think that... When I say this, I always sound like idiotic, but I've got to say it this way because it's the only way I can put it. If somebody could teach this guy how to shoot, he would be a top, top talent. I've watched Iwobi for a Whoa, long, long time. Did you see the Europa League final? Yeah, th- the trouble is, is that he'll do that and then there'll be another couple of games where it's he'll beat three players, we'll get into the right position and then where does the ball go? I think the issue with him is that everything's there, but the 15 goals a year aren't. And they should be there. This is a guy who's got the ability to score 10, 15 goals a season. I've got a lot of belief in how good Alex Iwobi can be. And I think you look at Everton right now. We've spoken about them a lot in recent weeks. The people they are buying. Uh, the people they are buying. We know they've bought David Moyes, Roy Keane, uh, who's a fantastic player, for, for, who's 19 years of age. I think he's going to be their striker. You look at the other people they've got. Andre Gomez coming on the permanent contract. Jean-Philippe Gabamin in midfield. Everton are serious. They are serious contenders. And that front three right now, going into the first weekend of the season, uh, David Moyes, Roy Kane, that's one guy, Richarlison and Alex Iwobi. I mean, that front three is very, very good. I do spare a thought for Theo Walcott, replaced by Iwobi for a second time in his career. <laughs> good, good signing. Um, other big headlines, uh, Manchester United, Lukaku out, nobody coming in. Yeah. Um, and what about in the championship? Did anything catch your eye there? Uh, it wasn't on the last day, but I do want to mention West Bromwich Albion uh, because they have done some very, very good bu- uh, business. Before the yeah. show yesterday, we were talking about them off air uh, with our friend Rodney Marsh, who's in the studio with us. And we were asking who was going to play out front for West Bromwich Albion. Uh, we now know it's going to be Charlie Austin. 
which I think is a superb move. Uh, if he can stay they fit... They do have Zahor as well, but absolutely. to have Austin in their team, and the guy who's got a fantastic he's a step record up, in the championship from scoring Zahor, goals. I think. I, think, I, think he's a, I think he's a step up. He's a class apart, and we know he's a top, top finisher. If you can if you can stay fit, I know it's a big ask, then I think it's fantastic. Um, but I do want to mention Grady Diangana as well, who went to West Bromwich Albion. Uh, that was confirmed, mm. I think it was yesterday. Uh, but he's another a West Ham talent who burst into the, uh, the first team last year. Skillful, tricky, pacey, intelligent, needs games. If he gets 30, 35 games for West Bromwich Albion in the Championship, I think he'll be a star in the league and I think West Brom will win the league. Um, interesting, I think, that Stoke allowed Benikafobi to leave after one game of the season where he <laughs> led the line. They lost against Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, Naki Wells joined Queen's Park Rangers again uh, from Burnley. And I, I think they started well against Stoke, actually. There was a lot of space for them to play in, but they scored a, a cracking goal. Eze scored a cracking goal in that game. Uh, but finally, before we leave you, I think we should both apologise to Leroy Sane. And I feel bad about this, actually, Tom. I've got to be honest with you. I do feel a little bit bad about it because on our pod yesterday, we may not have embraced the seriousness of that injury Um, I I must admit I was stunned to be honest with you when I realised it was an ACL today I'm gutted for him I'm gutted for Manchester City and I am gutted for the Premier League because this guy is a serious talent I know that there are issues in terms of his attitude and application sometimes and Joaquim Love and Pep Guardiola have had their problems with him there was a suggestion that he was going to move on this summer. It didn't work out. It certainly didn't work out um, in terms of his fitness because this ACL injury is probably going to rob him of most of this season. And therefore, you know, he's definitely not going to buy Munich now. So look, we wish him all the best. Good luck to him. We'll be following City uh, this weekend as well as part of game day. So make sure you tune in to TalkSport this Saturday. Three live games back-to-back from the Premier League. You can subscribe as well to our game day podcast, which will feature Tom and I every Thursday, but also Laura Woods and Adrian Durham when you wake up on a Sunday morning it'll be in your feed and Danny Kelly setting the record book straight every Sunday night reviewing all the big Premier League action make sure you subscribe to all of those and you rate us as well on your podcast provider